In the wise words of LeBron James, it's about damn time. The NCAA's decision to scrub requirements for conference championships is paving the way for the conferences to hopefully govern themselves and also creating the possibility of some dream championship matchups. And it can also affect Cincinnati once they move to the Big 12. We can get some really good conference championship matchups there. That's kicking off today's episode of Locked On Bearcats. Our Locked On Bearcats. Your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Bearcats your first listen every day. Welcome to a new week. It is Monday, May 23rd, 2022. Alex Frank here with you, your host each and every day. Here on Lockdown Bearcats, if you're watching on the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. We're at 110 and counting. You can also like and share a comment on today's video. If you are downloading from an audio platform, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast, don't forget to subscribe there too. You can also like and share a comment on today's, or I'm sorry, you can share a comment and or give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you. Find this podcast. Once again, Alex Frank here with you using all of my experiences from my days as sports director of Bearcast Media, UC student run media organization, commentated Bearcats football and men's basketball games, home and away, hosted a sports radio show in our weekly sports radio show, excuse me, in our Jack and Jones Strader radio studio, and bringing all of those experiences here to Locked On Bearcats. So this topic affects Cincinnati because the Bearcats are going to a power five conference. And I have always wondered why there are divisions, divisions in power five conferences. The big 12 did a very good thing a few years ago when they scrubbed divisions, they said the two best teams in the conference straight up overall will play for a conference championship. How many times in the sec Do you see teams like Florida or Georgia or LSU or other programs who don't play in the the SEC championship and yet they're really good? But if the SEC was non-divisions, they didn't have divisions, you would get some dream matchups. That, I think that especially applies more in the Big Ten. The SEC, really good teams don't play in the conference championship because it, it's a really good conference overall. The Big Ten, on the other hand, there are teams in the in the Big Ten East who don't play in the championship game because they just they just didn't have a, as good enough record as the winner of the division, particularly in the East. But then they have better records than teams in the Big Ten West who do get to play in the Big Ten championship. I mean, the Big Ten championship game this year was Michigan, who was undisputedly the best team in that conference, against Iowa, who was a good team, but not great. They won the Big Ten West almost by default. So this decision by the Division I Council to scrub requirements for conference championship games, when UC joins the Big 12, they are going to, and I I do think they are going to be really good once they get to the Big 12, especially if they start Evan Prater at quarterback. You could have some really interesting, intriguing matchups. Cincinnati-Oklahoma is probably your most likely bet. Cincinnati-Texas could happen. Cincinnati-Baylor 
Cincinnati, Iowa State, Cincinnati, West Virginia. It can be any opponent, Cincinnati, UCF, Houston, BYU. It can be any opponent because the because there are no divisions. There's no restraint, constraint. There's no restriction on, well, you have to have divisions so a team with four losses or five losses can go to the to the pack to the Big Twelve Championship. What the hell is that? Do you see divisions in Power Five conferences in basketball? No. The seeds in the conference tournaments are determined by the regular season, and that's how the conference championship games in football should be. There is a reason college basketball is so great because the conferences, your play in the regular season in your conference determines your seed for the NCAA tournament, and then your you, I mean, then the conference tournament, you have the possibility of dream matchups for the conference semifinals, the conference championship. You look at college football, scrubbing divisions, I guarantee you, will give you some really good matchups. Undisputedly, the two best teams in each conference will play for a conference championship. The Big 12, the SEC, I mean, if it just means more in the SEC, it will mean even more with this new or this the scrubbing of what was a stupid requirement now that I think about it. This is beneficial for Cincinnati when they go to the Big 12 because the Big 12, fun fact, if you didn't know it already, has only sent one team to the college football playoff in the eight years the playoff has been in existence. Oklahoma. And oh, by the way, Oklahoma is 0-4 lifetime in the college football playoff. They've never sent another program to the playoff. Now, with the with the fact that they are going to have the two best teams in a conference that is going to be ridiculously good in football, you can have the possibility of sending a team to the college football playoff. If you're the Bearcats and you're aspiring to get back to the playoff, This is huge because you will get a high-quality opponent in the Big 12, and your playoff chances, if you win the Big 12 championship, the committee will respect that more because the Big 12 has arguably been the weakest conference in the college football playoff era. The Pac-12 might edge it out, but the Big 12 is right up there with it. It's certainly fourth on the list. The regular season is now going to give us some huge conference championship games. And think about this. Ohio State in 2016 was 11-1. They didn't even play for their conference championship game. Why? Because they didn't win the Big Ten East. Penn State won it with a 10-2 record because they beat Ohio State in the regular season. It should have been Penn State versus Ohio State in the Big Ten championship. But nope, because Wisconsin won the Big Ten West, they got to go to the Big Ten championship. Well, what the hell does that do? I think that Wisconsin team might have been 10-2 and two or 9-3. and three. They weren't that great because they won their division. And what does the division title really mean to you in college football? Florida won back-to-back division titles in 2015 and 2016. And you know what happened in the NCC Championship game? They got their asses waxed by Alabama. Yeah. The SEC should have had Alabama and Auburn in the SEC Championship game in 2016. It could have had plenty of other great matchups besides the ones we have seen in recent years. I mean, can you imagine an SEC championship? Let's imagine this for a minute. So now the NCAA's decision here is finally starting to allow the conferences to govern themselves. 
And now the fans, we're going to benefit from this because we can see mm, Alabama and Auburn in the Iron Bowl in the final week of the season and then the SEC championship game the next week. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that? And then Ohio State and Michigan can play in the final week of the regular season and then maybe again in the in the Big Ten championship game. I mean, can you imagine two weeks in the state of Ohio and you can't say the letter M? I mean, yeah, that's where we're going. You might have to have some serious soap in your mouth if you say the M word for two weeks. You want that? I'll tell you what, I'd love to see it as a neutral observer of the rivalry. And you could also have Michigan, Michigan State. You could, I mean, you could have Wisconsin, Minnesota in the Big Ten Championship game. We can now have rivalries in the conference championship games. College basketball's had that with Duke and North Carolina. Kansas, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, just rattling off rivalries off the top of my head, Michigan, Michigan State. You can now have rivalries in the conference championship games. Cincinnati, heck, Cincinnati could have rivalries in a in the Big 12 championship game with West Virginia, with Memphis, with, I mean, if they form a rivalry with Oklahoma or BYU, there is a lot at stake by allowing this to happen. You see, there are no Power 5 conferences in college basketball that have divisions. Because what does it really do? What does it mean if you win a division title? What they freaking do? No, you're not trying to win a division title. You're trying to win a conference championship. Like when, you know, they go through scenarios. Well, if this team wins this week, they win the ACC Coastal. Uh, you know, if this team wins this week and this team loses this week, I mean, Team A then wins the Big Ten East. Well, no, no. get Just get rid of it. Seriously. The ACC championship games in years past have been terrible. I mean, the ACC championship game this year, in a year where the conference wasn't very good, was Wake Forest and Pitt. Did anybody care about that game in Cincinnati? Because if so, please tell me. I certainly didn't. You care about big-time conference championship games. We are now going to get that at more conferences than just the SEC. We can get some intriguing matchups like Ohio State and Michigan. We can get some intriguing matchups like Clemson, Florida State, if Florida State ever resurrects their program. We can get Oklahoma, we can get Oklahoma, Oklahoma State until Oklahoma leaves the conference. We can get in the Pac-12, uh, Oregon, Oregon State. That's very hypothetical, but you get the point. You can get any combination of matchups. The regular season will now undisputedly crown its two best teams, and they will play for the conference championship game. College basketball, you don't even have the two best teams in the conference play in the tournament championship game because there are always upsets in the tournament. In college football now, with this rule, and I guarantee you other conferences will follow this, and if they don't, they should, you will get, really, you will get the two best teams in this conference guaranteed. Who wouldn't want that? I would want that. There's something else I want, and I want to tell you about up next, the one player who can break this Bearcats offense wide open this upcoming season. I'll explain who that player is next, but first a word from Bill Bar. You see, I love brownies, but you know what I love more? Brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter just while I'm making the brownies. That's actually true, and I eat half the bag of chocolate chips. I'm still in pretty good shape. Must be those athletic greens that I take. Imagine if you could lift that brownie spatula clean and get some protein. Well, guess what? You're in luck because Bilt has created a new, one-of-a-kind, better-than-ever brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they're available 
right now at Built.com. All Built Puffs. There are brownie batter puffs that are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The brownie batter puffs will help you, will have you completely forgetting that you are eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Built.com to get brownie batter puffs now. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Make sure to go check out Locked On NBA Big Board host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board Newsletter. Is joined by Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin, giving fans an in-depth look into the NBA Draft Mock Draft player rankings and, of course, Big Board's it's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. Alex Frank here with you on this Monday, May 23rd, 2022. So Tyler Scott is the player that I believe can break this Bearcats offense wide open this year. Tyler Scott was a deep threat extraordinaire last year. There were three games where he had touchdowns on the Bearcats' first offensive possessions, and the Bearcats' offense was rolling from there. Week one against Miami, week uh, 12 against SMU, so excuse me, the second to last game of the regular season. And then week, or rather the conference championship game against Houston with the touchdown on the opening possession. He's a deep threat extraordinaire, and I believe he fits Evan Prater's skill set. He can unlock this Bearcats offense. He's He's a receiver that Bearcats have never had. You look at around you look around the country at prolific receiving seasons the last few years in college football. John Mechie last year for Alabama, Jamison Williams as well, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, um, Corey Coleman, John Ross, all these players come to mind. You've never had one at Cincinnati. It's an offense that is driven through its tight ends. It's an offense that is driven through the run game. This is a team and a school in both football and men's basketball that, quite frankly, they are not a flashy offensive program. This is not a program built on finesse and flashiness. No, they're built on tough and nasty, hence it's called the Nasty Natty. That's what this program is built on. And I believe that that is what this offense will be like at the start of the season. But as Evan Prater gets more comfortable, notice how I said Evan Prater gets more comfortable because he should be the starting quarterback if you've listened to this podcast the last few days. As Evan Prater starts to get more comfortable, you are going to be able to utilize Tyler Scott on go routes. Defenses will be forced to defend the deep ball once again. This is a Bearcats offense last year that scored over 30 points 10 times, 40 points 5 times, and 50 twice. It's an offense that is explosive. It is an offense that can, you know, with one play, 
completely flipped the script in a game. And we saw that multiple times last year. I believe this offense will be like that again this year if Evan Prater is the starting quarterback. So you think about Alec Pierce not being here. He was your number one wide receiver last year. Tyler Scott now steps into that role. Tyler Scott is known for his deep routes. He did have a touchdown last year that was a catch and run. That was against Temple. But you are mainly utilizing him for deep routes. And this offense will have a huge additional dimension to it if that happens. If the Prater to Scott connection works, which I believe it will, then this offense is going to once again be really good. This is an offense that I know, like I said, it's a traditionally ground and pound offense, but it's also an offense that can run up the score. This offense could score last year. I mean, they scored 50 points in back-to-back games against Temple, who we know is tough and nasty with their defense, and UCF, who the Bearcats scored 36 and 24 against the previous two years. And they never really had much success against UCF prior to that. So this is a excuse me, this is a team that if Evan Prater is the starting quarterback, which he should be, if he develops, if he can throw deep, Tyler Scott is going to be able to take the top off opposing defenses. He's going to be who T to the Bearcats, who T. Higgins is to the Bengals. T. Higgins doesn't really run a lot of passes in the slot. T. Higgins is your go-route guy. Jamar Chase evolved into a guy that could, you know, run across the middle. But T. Higgins, you look at his physique, you look at his body type, he's someone that can just streak down the field and score. I look at that with Tyler Scott. I believe he can be that to the Bearcats offense. I don't expect much of a drop-off this season for the Cincinnati Bearcats offense because I believe Tyler Scott can be the first prolific Bearcats receiver since Marty Gilliard. Marty Gilliard? Yeah, I believe he can be that. That's how good I think he can be, and it's going to give this Bearcats offense another dimension. Up next, Stuart Mandel recently revealed his post-spring ball top 25. The Bearcats are on the list, but one conference foe was ahead of them, even as they lost their running back who might be the best running back in the conference, to a torn ACL. I'll explain what he had to say next. But first, a word from BetOnline. Our partners at BetOnline.net continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Stuart Mandel released his post-spring ball top 25 in the athletic recently, and the Bearcats are on the list at number 23. So we look at his top 25, Cincinnati number 23. And I was surprised for a minute that they that he had him on the list. He said the following about Cincinnati. It's a lot of transition for Luke Fickle's team after losing four-year quarterback Desmond Ritter and eight other NFL draft picks. But Fickle got a big transfer pickup last month in LSU running back Corey Kiner, a Cincinnati native, 
He'll help fill the void left by Jerome Ford, Ben Bryant, and Evan Prater. I'm sorry, left by Jerome Ford. Ben Bryant and Evan Prater are still competing for the quarterback job. Cornerbacks Leroy Bowers and Arquan Bush looked good. An encouraging sign for losing stars, Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant. So he recognizes what the Bearcats are going through in terms of who they're losing. And he also recognizes, hey, you know, there's this quarterback battle going on. We have some good corners and, you know, that looked good in the spring, Leroy Bowers and Arquan Bush. I'm not sure if those two players are going to be who Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant were. They might be one of one. But what you're seeing is at least Cincinnati coming off a playoff berth, despite losing all that talent, is getting some respect. Now, there is one opponent that was ahead of Cincinnati in the um, in his top 25, Mendel's top 25, and that's Houston. He said the following, I was too low previously on the Cougars, 12-2 and two last season. Quarterback Clayton Toon is a fourth-year starter, top pass catcher Nathaniel Tank Dell, not sure why he's called Tank, was joined this spring by transfers and impressive early role Matthew Golden. Houston suffered a big blow, though, when star running back Alton McCaskill tore his ACL. He might be out for the season, as was reported by Joseph Duarte of the Houston Chronicle. The Cougars fielded a top 15 defense last season and bring back standouts middle linebacker Donovan Mutin and safety Gervarius Owen. Now, Houston is going to be very good this year, but they just lost their running back. Alton McCaskill was a really good running back last season. I remember that was the guy that I was fearing the most going into the conference championship game. The Bearcats ultimately did a great job against them and Houston overall. They held in a 13 points throughout most of the game. They sacked Clayton Toon eight times. I believe that can happen again this year should they play in the conference championship game. So Houston might be ahead of Cincinnati right now, but I don't think that's going to last very long. I think Cincinnati is going to benefit from an easy schedule. If they beat Arkansas too, they're going to be 12-0, and they're going to be ranked probably in the top, probably in the top 15. Houston could be too. And the Americans at conference, remember, that doesn't have divisions. They scrubbed those after the 2019 season. Thank goodness, because uh, Memphis was 8-4 and four and still played for a conference championship one year. So you're going to get the two best teams in the conference championship game once again, which the last three years has produced a ranked matchup. I think that's significant because I've hated on this conference before. I've criticized it for not being good, competitive, you know, strong, whatever. But at the same time, it's produced three straight ranked conference championship matchups. That has to mean something. And it can mean something again this year. So it's good to see that Cincinnati and Houston are getting some respect from Stuart Mandel, who's one of the best college football writers in the country. Houston was previously number 23. Cincinnati was previously number 22. So not much of a drop-off. The other... Um, independent or non-Power 5 schools, group of five schools, BYU number 25. Um, I'm looking to see if there's any other teams that might be in there. Not seeing any other teams. The top 10, by the way, uh, Baylor 10, NC State 9, Michigan 8, Michigan State 7, Texas A&M 6, Notre Dame 5, Utah 4, Georgia 3, Ohio State 2, and shockingly, Alabama 1. And... I still think Cincinnati is going to have a really successful conference season because I do believe the quarterback battle, I think the coaches will see, hey, we need to start Evan Prater. We understand who Ben Bryan is. We understand that he's been with this program. He's been involved with this program for a long time. 
but that doesn't mean he just automatically becomes the starter. No, I believe that Evan Prater is the better option to get Cincinnati to where they want to be. Clayton Toon, Houston recognizes, hey, we can go somewhere with him. Remember, Clayton Toon was a replacement for De'Eric King in 2019. You didn't know who the hell Clayton Toon was. But now he's a fourth-year starter. He's improved over the he's improved over the course of his time at Houston. And now the Cougars are a top 15 team in the country. This is a team that is going to compete and compete hard for a conference championship. But I still think Cincinnati is the best team in this conference. They have the best coach. I believe they have the best team. They have the best stadium in the conference by far. And they're the most experienced, even though they just lost nine NFL draft picks. So right now, the Cougars might be viewed by some as the team to beat, and that's fine. But they just lost their star running back. That has to mean something. The Bearcats have three to four running backs they can throw at you. They have a quarterback who I've said that who I said last week can be first team all conference if he starts. They have the best tight end tandem in the country. They have the best defensive line in the country. And damn it, they have the best team in the country with the best head coach. Houston has been to a conference championship game with Dana Holgerson. I understand that. That's great. But they haven't won a conference championship game. They have not won a big game. They lost to Texas Tech last year in addition to losing to Cincinnati. The Bearcats went 13-0, and they won some pretty big games along the way. They beat two ranked teams, and they beat a really good SMU team, and they went toe-to-toe with Alabama. What did Houston do last year that impresses you? Well, they beat SMU. They beat them by six, and it took a kickoff return for a touchdown to do so. Well, they beat Auburn in whatever bowl. I'm sorry, what bowl was that? I don't even remember. Okay, fine. Cincinnati played Alabama in the college football playoff. I'll take that over Houston playing some scrub team, which Auburn might be that now, over some low-tiered SEC team in whatever bowl game they played. I don't even remember what bowl game they played, nor do I care. I have respect for Houston and what they've done. Dana Holgerson did a really good job building that program. I remember in 2020, the Bearcats crushed them by 28 in Cincinnati. And Dana Holgerson was not happy with the effort from his team and the fight from his team that they showed on the field that day. It was a it was an ugly, ugly post-game press conference from what I remember. And ever since then, the Cougars were the the Cougars have improved. So give them credit. But they're not at Cincinnati's level yet. In terms of being a championship caliber program, they are not at Cincinnati's level yet. They might be right now, according to Stuart Mandel. But come the season, we can look and see who Houston is playing this season. Because I look at the because I look at their um let's see who we got here. So the Houston football schedule. They open the season with UTSA on the road. Woof. Then they go to Texas Tech. Woof. Then they play Kansas. Woof. They play Rice at home. Woof. Their conference schedule is Tulane, Memphis, Navy, South Florida, SMU, Temple, ECU, Tulsa. What game does, uh, okay, so I don't see a UCF on the schedule. The Bearcats go to Orlando this year. Um, Okay, they do play Memphis. That's fine. They play ECU, who was much improved last year. They play Tulsa at home. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, I'm not impressed. When push comes to shove, the Bearcats will once again be the more battle-tested team. 
going into the conference championship game. If it's the, if it's these same two teams again for the conference championship, which it very well could be. Coming up tomorrow on Lockdown Bearcats, it's another episode of Bold Prediction Tuesday. The tight ends, Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, leading the way once again. Some big expectations for that position group. I will unveil my five bold predictions for the position. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's, N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. Now get all of your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts. Don't forget, if you're watching the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel at 110 subscribers and counting to subscribe, you can do that as well. And you can also, excuse me, like and share a comment on today's video. If you are downloading from an audio platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts, don't forget to Subscribe there too, and you can download, or I'm sorry, you can share a comment and or give it a rating. All of that helps more Bearcats fans like you find this podcast. For the Lockdown Bearcats podcast, I'm Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow on what is Election Day in Georgia. Not the general election, the early, the primaries, May 24th here in Georgia. So I'm going to be hellbent at work tomorrow, but that's okay because I'm going to be here with you before then. Enjoy the rest of your Monday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.